I'd been living in New York for four or five years when I realized I hadn't done much of the touristy stuff, and maybe it was time. First, I figured I'd start with a tour of what was once the capital of Black America, Harlem, USA. So I go online, and I look around for tours, and I find this walking tour with this guy. My name is Neil Shoemaker, and I am the owner and founder of the Harlem Heritage Tourism and Cultural Center. Neil is Harlem to his core, and he is so Harlem that he actually did our interview while taking a stroll around his neighborhood. You can see why he loves doing walking tours so much. But the tour we did was dope, and we saw a ton of well-known and little-known historical places around Harlem. The place we ended the tour, though, is one of Harlem's major cultural sites, the Teresa Hotel. Standing in the middle of Harlem, right on 125th Street, this white brick, 13-story, 300-room hotel wasn't your average hotel. I mean, this hotel's guest list is pretty major. I'm talking people who helped define American culture. Elephant's drill. I'm talking about um, Nat King Cole, Joe Louis the Brown Bomber, Lena Horne, Billy Holiday, Louis Armstrong, Jack Johnson. And last but not least, Malcolm X and Fidel Castro. My name is Baudelaire, and this is Atlas Obscura. A celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. Today, we're talking to a Harlem historian about what makes the Teresa Hotel such a vital part of Harlem's cultural identity. After this. Everybody stayed at the Teresa Hotel. When was the last time I took a road trip? How many national parks could I hit in two weeks? What about hotels? Wait, hey, Erica, how much am I spending on travel? When your questions about life turn into questions about money, there's Erica, the virtual financial assistant to help you spend, save, and plan smarter. Only from Bank of America. What would you like the power to do? Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Your chat may be recorded and monitored for quality assurance. Message and data rates and additional terms may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites, along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies west. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. When was the Teresa founded? 1912. Uh, the developer of the part of the building, a gentleman named uh, George Gustavus, and he loved his wife so much he named the Teresa Hotel after his wife, mm. Teresa. Uh, at this time, 1912, we have to imagine the kind of community that Harlem is culturally and racially. You as an historian, I'm sure you know that Harlem wasn't always African-American and Black. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a point in time when Harlem was um, largely Jewish. Uh, there was a strong Italian uh, community here in Harlem. There was a Finnish community here in Harlem. There was an Irish community here in Harlem. 
And so when you when they built the Tiffany's Hotel, it was, I guess you could say, um, along those lines. Uh, but mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, 1905 to 1970s, some six million blacks leaving the American South and they're coming to the North. And many times these migrants would land here in Harlem. And with all these folks coming, this changes, I guess you could say, the cultural landscape of Harlem. And so I guess uh, the Teresa Hotel, uh, over a period of time, although for a long time, not allowing blacks because of us coming a great number, uh, that policy changes. With the policy that stopped blacks from being guests of the hotel now struck down, black people began staying at the Teresa Hotel. But it wouldn't be long before it wasn't just the customers who were black as the Gustavus family sold the Teresa in 1940 to an African-American man by the name of Love B. Woods. After the change in policy and ownership, the Teresa would soon become the most popular black hotel in the nation. Why did black people begin to flock to the Teresa Hotel, uh, like, specifically? Well, you gotta understand where the Teresa Hotel is located. Right there. What would that be? That would be the southwest corner of 125th Street, Mm, and 25th Street is the place. It's the place in Harlem, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, imagine if Harlem was a map, and on maps they have the X for where the treasure is. Mm-hmm. Well, from a cultural standpoint, the cultural treasure in Harlem many times existed in that 125th Street area. That corner there, the southwest corner of 125th Street, where the Teresa Hotel stands. You know, 125th Street is is, is the major shopping street and the major commercial street in Black America. So the Teresa the, the Hotel being there uh, makes it the most attractive uh, venue and probably one of the most well-known cultural areas of Harlem in general. Imagine now, uh, Apollo Theater around the corner. In case y'all don't know the Apollo Theater, this was the place to perform across genres for Decades from about the 30s to the 70s was the prime of this place. I'm talking jazz, swing, bebop, R&B, gospel, blues, and soul. From Ella Fitzgerald to Lauryn Hill, a lot of your favorite artists have probably performed or wanted to perform at the Apollo. So everybody who would stay, play the Apollo Theater, would come and stay at the Teresa Hotel. Mm. I'm talking about Nat King Cole and his wife. I'm talking about... um. All of the athletes. I'm talking about Joe Lewis, the Brown Bomber. Imagine this, my brother. Imagine now it's March 1st, 1964. Cassius Clay has just defeated Sonny Liston to become the heavyweight champion of the world. Hmm. Malcolm X himself brings the young man, Cassius Clay, to Harlem, and he becomes his personal tour guide. Cassius Clay stayed at the Tiffany's Hotel. Camera's flashing. Bub's popping. The kid comes out the hotel. He's standing there in the doorway. The cameras come. Cassius Clay is a name no more. Is that right? Yes, sir. It's Muhammad Ali. They say, hey, Cassius Clay. He says, stop right there. My name is no longer Cassius Clay. My name is Muhammad Ali. Muhammad stands for worthy of all praises, and Ali stands most high. Cassius Clay is my slave name. I'm no longer a slave. These are the kind of events that take place inside or right in front of the Teresa Hotel. Mm, mm. And the the Teresa Hotel is also like really connected to the legacy of Malcolm X. I'm really glad you brought him up. Why why is it so connected to to him? You know, it's an interesting thing. I mean, I mentioned to you that 1943, 
is the very year in which the Teresa Hotel starts to allow African-Americans and Blacks to stay there. Well, 1943 is the same year a young 17-year-old Malcolm X, then of course, that wasn't his name, comes to Harlem for the first time. You can imagine now, time would pass. And as a young man, he always would stay there, proud there at the Tudor's Hotel or in the area. Fast forward now, he's no longer a member of the Nation of Islam. He starts his Muslim Mosque Incorporated. Where do the offices of Muslim Mosque Incorporated take place? Located right there inside of the Teresa Hotel. Think about all of those, um, many of those um, well-known speeches delivered from the Skyline Terrace. Within that ballroom there, Malcolm delivered so many iconic speeches. So Malcolm would mm. be ever-present in an area there speaking to the crowds, articulating what he felt were the answers to many the social ills in the community at that time. What happened when Fidel Castro stayed at the Teresa? I think if I'm not mistaken, brother, that would be September of 1960. You know, um, the relationship between Cuba and the U.S. is kind of tense. If I want to understand, Fidel Castro is in the city to speak uh, at the General Assembly uh, United Nations, and he wants to stay downtown Shelbourne Hotel, just the rooms. But supposedly some of his aides are being disrespected uh, by some of the guests in the hotel. He's unhappy there. It's said that the congressman from Harlem, Adam Clayton Powell Jr., said, listen, Fidel, you don't have to go through this. Come on uptown. Stay at the Teresa Hotel. Can you imagine him and his entourage? They make their way uptown, stay at the hotel. And from what I understand, there's a most important and monumental meeting that lasts 15 minutes between Malcolm X and Fidel Castro within the hotel. I just want to make clear here that though America at large has had a contentious relationship with Fidel Castro, Many in Black America have had a sort of admiration for Fidel and what he stood for in his stance against American imperialism. Dealing with American oppression themselves, it's kind of a the enemy of my enemy is my friend situation. And this admiration, of course, was reflected by the community during Fidel's time at the Teresa. The community went crazy. All the media was there. I mean, the community showed much love for Fidel. Fidel showed much love for Harlem. And again, it all culminated in that meeting between Malcolm X and Fidel. Fidel would come back several times after that, but every time he would come back, whether he spoke at the Abyssinian Baptist Church or any other religious organization, he always referenced that meeting that he had there, September 1661, with Brother Malcolm X. Can people visit the Teresa Hotel today? Unfortunately, uh, no, you can't go inside because now there are various um, administrative offices in the building. How did the Teresa go from being like this huge, amazing hotel that everyone was staying at to, you know, eventually becoming an office building? Like, like when did it stop being the place to go? Many times, um, to our own chagrin, many of the African-American residents in Harlem would find it more interesting to have their occasions, their parties take place in downtown hotels. So I think the opening of hotels downtown made it so that folks started to stop patronizing the Teresa uptown. There was a point in time when we only could have our parties at the Teresa. Mm-hmm. 
But when downtown hotels start to open up, we start to go to those hotels instead of celebrating our own hotel in Harlem. When you've been there, um, how do you feel personally knowing like the, the importance of the building? And many times I look around me in Harlem, I see brand new condominiums. I see refurbished properties, but I don't see the Savoy Borough anymore. And I don't see the Cottage Club anymore. And I don't see the Casablanca anymore. And I don't see many cultural sites that make for this being seen as African-American capital of the country. But when I look up there on 125th Street and I see the Teresa Hotel, I see what makes Harlem Harlem. Special thanks to Neil and the Harlem Heritage Tourism and Cultural Center for taking the time out to speak to me for today's episode. This podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. Our production team includes Dylan Therese, Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Willis Ryder-Arnold, Sarah Wyman, Manolo Morales, Amanda McGowan, Johanna Mayer, Gianna Palmer, Tracy Samuelson, John Delore. Peter Clowney. Our technical director is Casey Holford. Our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tindall. This episode was sound designed and mixed by Luce Fleming. If you want to learn more, be sure to visit atlasobscura.com. There's a link in our episode description. My name is Baudelaire. Witness Docs from Stitcher. <laughs>